Hi, everyone. Sebastian Richard here live. Um, I'm coming on tonight with a top nugget, and it's a particular one. It's a very special top nugget tonight because I'm going to be talking about the one thing, the one thing that God can't do. And I'm sure I've piqued your curiosity with a title like that. Uh, I know I would have clicked on something like that. I would have been like, what's the one thing? What's the one thing? There's nothing that God can do, right? I mean, that's that's what we're taught. And yet, there is a thing. There is one thing that God can't do. Uh, just before I, I begin uh, talking about that, tonight's Top Nugget is a special one because I'm actually going to be sharing with you some uh, content of my upcoming book. So this, uh, what I'm sharing tonight has to do with my upcoming book, which is going to be about the kingdom of God. And it's going to be a, a voluminous work. Um, I, so far, I think I'm going to have over 300 pages. Um, I'm trying to cut some stuff. I'm trying to, as I revise, as I edit the, the book, I'm trying to see what the non-essentials are. But when you're talking about a subject as vast as the kingdom of God, of course, you want to be as thorough as you possibly can. So it's not very easy so far to edit it and to prepare it. But I must say, I'm very, very proud of this uh, coming book. And uh, it's going to be, I believe, uh, my magnum opus so far. But I'm only 46 years old, so I still have time to write many more books, hopefully, God, God willing. Uh, but I'm excited about this book. Hopefully in the spring, it's going to be a done deal and it's going to be out. Um, I'm working hard on that every day. Uh, so tonight's subject, the one thing that God can't do. Have you ever been asked the childish question? I know I've been asked this and, and people kind of joke about it. The question is, if God is all powerful, can he create a rock that even he wouldn't be able to move? Now, of course, the question kind of like a, a double, um, it's kind of like the immovable force, uh, the, the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. It's like, who would win, right? So you're like, well, well, if he is all powerful, technically he should be able to create a rock that he can't move. But if he can't move it, that kind of makes it null and void and he's not all powerful right but i have the answer believe it or not i have the answer to this cryptic question of the ages if god is all powerful is there a rock can he create a rock that even he wouldn't be able to move and the answer is yes he can create a rock that he is not able to move and he already has oh boy what's that rock well, the rock that God cannot move is, and I wish I had someone here with me with a drum. You could put a drum roll. It's his own word. His own word. You see, God is the only one who can dispute the sovereignty of God. So, only him can dispute his own sovereignty. And the Bible says about God's authoritative word, authoritative means full of authority. In Psalms 119, verse 89, we read, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed 
in the heavens. And you will forgive me, by the way, if you see me read, obviously I'm sharing an excerpt of my upcoming book. So I'm going to be reading a lot because I want to share it appropriately. I want to share it so you guys understand it. So this verse is very powerful. It talks about God's word being fixed firmly in the heavens. And in Numbers 23, chapter 23, verses 19 and 20, we read these words from Balaam. Balaam was a non-Israelite prophet. He said this, God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Behold, I received a command to bless. He has blessed, and I cannot revoke it. So Balaam here says, he has blessed, speaking of God, and I cannot revoke it. God's word, are, his words, plural, are irrevocable. His blessing seals the deal. Now, do you remember, and you, you weren't there, so you won't remember it from, oh yeah, I remember I was there He said when he said that. But do you remember reading in the book of Genesis chapter 1, in verse 28, we read, he blessed them, speaking, speaking of Adam and Eve, he blessed them and said, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. So there's a very important thing that we need to understand about God's sovereignty. And it is this. God is as sovereign as his word. I'm going to repeat that. God is as sovereign as his word. So what does this what does this mean exactly? Well, it means that God is bound by his own word because he is perfect. God is so good, he's so just, he is so holy that he cannot possibly break his own word. So that is the one thing that God cannot do. He cannot break his word. That's pretty amazing. So you've probably heard the sayings, uh, something like uh, when you make a promise to someone and you say, my word is my bond, or a man is only as good as his word. You've probably heard that, right? Well, if man can say stuff like that, how much more so the Lord Sovereign Almighty? who is perfect and holy and just. He cannot break his word. So when he gave man dominion of the earth realm, it was a done deal. Now, we know that Adam and Eve made a mess of things, right? Big time. And Satan swooped in and he usurped the, the dominion of man, the, the authority of man. But then Christ came back thousands of years later, and gave, uh, with his sacrifice, gave man back his dominion. So the dominion of man was something that God ruled, he, he established. So he cannot break his word. And I like what uh, faith teacher Charles Capps said about this. Charles Capps said, it's illegal for God to come to earth and destroy the work of the devil with his divine Godhead powers. Wow. 
He delivered the authority of this earth to man and has never taken it back. It's still in the hands of man. Adam turned it over to Satan, but Jesus took it from the devil and gave it back to the believer before he ascended to heaven. He said, all power is given unto me, uh, is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore. That's Matthew 28 verses 18 and 19. He delivered that authority back to man. And this, dear friends, is why we pray. This is why we pray. Although, see, because God has a, what we could call, we could call this a non-intervention clause unless invited. It's a non-intervention clause unless invited. And the way we invite God in the earth realm to intervene on our behalf for good is through prayer. That's why we pray. So God will not intervene in the earth realm unless we invite him. I'm going to give you an example of how this works. I've been my, married to my wife. You, you guys, have you've seen Elizabeth. We do broadcasts here every Wednesday night together. So I've been married to her for 18 years. And when her father gave her away on our wedding day 18 years ago, he basically promised his daughter, he promised Elizabeth to me. So what that meant in the symbolic of it all was that uh, my father-in-law, who until that day had authority, he was the headship over Elizabeth. He was her protector and a provider. He was basically saying, from now on, on, on this day and from this day forward, I entrust my daughter to you to be her headship, her protector, and her, her provider. That's what happened. Now, indirectly, my father-in-law on that day kind of agreed to a non-intervention clause. I mean, if you're a good father-in-law, you will understand that when you, you give your daughter away to your son-in-law, you, you understand that uh, basically you are not to intervene. You're not, you're not to butt in all the time. You kind of like gave her away for that purpose so that it would only be upon invitation. For example, me and Elizabeth, when we when we have a question sometimes about stuff, we're going to call him and say, hey, we have a question. Then, then he's going to give his two cents. Or if we need some help with something, he's always willing and ready to help. But he's not going to impose. He's not going to uh, butt in, uh, you know, without being asked. So that's part of it. But, but maybe a better example that I can give you is another example I gave in the book I'm sharing. So basically everything I'm giving you here is part of the content of the book. Okay, the book I'm writing on uh, the kingdom of God. So another decision, uh, not another decision, another example that I can give. Let me check here where I'm at. Da -da 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 -da. So God, the same thing can be said about God. It's very interesting what happened with the non-intervention clause. See, the, the, the proof is in the pudding, really. It's in the scriptures. When God gave Adam and Eve dominion, he really meant it. The proof is in the pudding. When Eve was being tempted by the serpent, the nakash in Hebrew, okay? When she was being seduced by the devil, 
He did not intervene. You think he wasn't aware that this was going on? Seriously? No, he knew. And it could have been very, very easy for God to just show up, slap the serpent away, take Eve by the hand and say, I, I, I came to save you from that wicked serpent, Eve. But if he had done that, if he had done that, he would have broken his word. And then we can only imagine. I mean, Lucifer, Satan would have had a field day in the courts of heaven after this. Imagine Lucifer showing up in the courts of heaven and going, uh, I, I might, have a, might I have a word with you, your majesty? You said, blah, 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 blah. You give them dominion. And after that, you intervened while you weren't being invited and you slapped me away. <laughs> so you would have had a field day. And I don't know the full ramifications of what would have happened, but let's just put it, to put it simply, it would not have been good for us. I mean, like really, really not good. If God had broken his word, Satan usurped uh, earth, the earth, for, uh, the dominion of man by trickery. But imagine if God had broken his own word after that, what would have happened? Maybe Satan would have become ruler in, instead of God. I'm just hypothesizing here. I'm not, as, I'm not enough of a theologian to be able to conceive of what would have happened, but it would have been really, really bad. That's all I know. So God was bound by his word. So the other example I can give you is this. Imagine if the earth, when God gave dominion to man, compare the earth to basically when, if you were to rent a house from a landlord, some people do this, like we know about apartment rentals, but let's use the example of a house. Some people rent houses out, right? So the landlord owns the house, but he's putting it for rent. So he, he's putting it for rent and the tenant is allowed to live in the house, to have all the furniture they want in that house, to set the heating or the air conditioning in the house the way they want it. Uh, they're allowed to paint the walls the colors they wanted, so long as it's not black or, or dark red. Let's just put it this way. But but you know what I mean. So the house, while it does belong to the landlord, he owns it, it is still managed and, and lived in and occupied and ruled by the tenant. Now, the landlord, although it is his house, he can't show up uninvited whenever he likes because there would be a breach of contract. See, they, they sign a, a rental agreement, right? And there's all these clauses in the rental agreement. The landlord is to show up at the house if he calls first or if he's called upon because something broke. So if, you, if you're the tenant in the house and you want the landlord to show up, well, you, you call him up. See, that's the equivalent of prayer for man. We're in this place called the earth where God gave us the dominion of. And if something doesn't go according to his will, then we need to bring God over and say, so we pray, say, Lord, there's something going on here that this doesn't fit with your will. In other words, for example, you gave me a purpose. You gave me an a kingdom assignment. Things are not going according to plan. I'm sick, or uh, I have uh, I have financial problems, 
or uh, there's uh, I, I lost my job or whatever. Things are not going according to plan. Therefore, I'm calling upon you to come and intervene and help in this situation where I can be restored and complete my assignment, keep going in my assignment and fulfill the mandate that you gave me. So this is the equivalent of prayer. Uh, so for the, the example of the tenant is the electricity doesn't work. And uh, I don't know what's going on because my neighbor has electricity or uh, the toilet's broken or there's a pipe that's leaking or fill in the blanks. There's all kinds of problems that can happen in a house. But when you're the tenant, it's not your responsibility to pay for it and, or, or to fix it. You call the landlord and you say, look, there's this that's broken, there's that that's broken. And the landlord comes over, intervenes, fixes things, and then goes away. So that's how it operates. So that's how man and God's partnership operate in the earth realm. And there's so many more ramifications. I'm not going to go into all the ramifications of this dynamic. It, it's so interesting to understand. Once, To be honest, once I understood about man's dominion, all of a sudden, everything, because we tend, as human beings, as people, we, we tend to blame God for a lot of things that he's not responsible for. There's a lot of things that we assign to him uh, that, that he's not responsible for. For example, uh, I, I've heard it all. I mean, in, in all my years as a Christian, I've heard it all. Um, small baby dies. And then people say things like, uh, well, God needed a, a little angel in heaven and he came and took him. So you're telling me that God killed that little baby because he needed another an extra angel in heaven? No, of course not. I, I, do you understand? I mean, God is good and he's good all the time. And that's another chapter I have in the book where I speak of God's goodness. And we need to understand the, the uh, I wouldn't say limits because God is limitless. But what God would do and what God wouldn't do, you know, what God does and what he doesn't do and why. Uh, see, Jesus said, you who are evil, who know how to give good things to your children, how much more God? Will he not give good things to those who ask? If we if we fail to understand what kind of a ruler God is, then that's when the whole house of card falls uh, all house of cards falls apart. So when we don't understand the dynamics of God when He gave rulership to man, I'm going to give you an, another example before I finish this broadcast, uh, this short top nugget. Um, Bart D. Herman. Bart D. Ehrman is a, is a fantastic theologian, and he's written many, many books uh, uh, that pertain to the historicity of the New Testament, how we got the New Testament. He's a new, mostly a New Testament scholar. And I've heard Bart Herman go in uh, debates with other Christians on all kinds of topics. But there's one thing about Bart Herman. And by the way, I have two or three of his books here. There's one thing about Bart D. Ehrman that many people might not know is that he is an agnostic. So he started out as, as a believer. He started out as, um, as someone who, are, how can I put this? Um, he was a, st a stern evangelical, I guess you could say. Then he went to college and the more he studied how he got the Bible and the more he pondered the ways of God or his understanding of the ways of God, I have to say that, not necessarily the ways of God, he became 
an agnostic. So now he's an agnostic. An agnostic is someone who basically says, I, is there a God? Is there not a God? I don't know. See, an atheist denies God. An atheist says there is no God. A theist says there is a God. But an agnostic is basically saying, maybe there's a God. Maybe there's no God. I don't think there's any way we can find out. But we can still ask ourselves questions to try to find out. But it's kind of pointless. That's what an agnostic is. So he kind of became cynical. And the reason for that, very, very simple. Very, very simple. The reason he became an agnostic, and I thought that was fascinating, is simply because he felt that he could not reconcile a loving God or the God of the Bible, the way he is portrayed, as what he is seeing in reality. So when you look at reality, you see accidents, people dying, you see wars, you see famines, people dying of hunger, you see little babies dying, you see murder, you see rape. And he could not reconcile a loving God with these events happening in the earth realm. It was like, if there is a God, he's just uninvolved or unloving because it doesn't make any sense. So he became an agnostic. And yet when you understand the ramifications that pertain to God not being able to break his own word when he gave man dominion and man being a sinner, you know, after the fall, we became, we were all born in sin. We're in a sinful state, an imperfect fallen world because of our sin. So all of this was not fixed at the, at the coming, the first coming of Jesus. It's going to be all fixed at the second coming of Jesus. See, at the first coming, what was, was fixed was we, uh, we were given back our dominion and our full dominion and authority. And, really, and we were put back in right relationship with God through his sacrifice, if we have faith in, in Jesus Christ. So this is what was fixed when, at his first coming. Now, when you understand those ramifications, you understand that, well, okay, so man is a sinner. Uh, he, 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 we live in a fallen world, a, a defective world. So there's all kinds of stuff that still happens in the earth realm that God, because he cannot break his word, is, is still not intervening. And it's causing, unfortunately, harm and, and, and people, you know, getting sick and, but, we do know that it is not God's will for us to be sick. It is not God's will for us to uh, to, to lose a child. It is not God's, uh, God's will for us to go under these things. But we need to understand that our dominion gave us also an immense privilege is the privilege of prayer, which is to call on the landlord and say, Lord, the toilet's broken. The electricity doesn't work. There's a pipe leaking. Please come on, come on and fix this. I need your help. That's the privilege of prayer. And that is when God intervenes. He also intervenes, and I talk about that in the book, but I'm not going to go in detail there. He also intervenes when man sins. When man sins, he is in a breach of contract with God, and that looses God from, from his word about the dominion. And he can come directly and intervene. And oftentimes in the Old Testament, he has and has punished man severely. We've seen it in the flood. We've seen it in Sodom and Gomorrah and other instances. But I, again, I'm not going to go in detail here because I don't want to give away the whole book. I'm just giving away a few nuggets here tonight. So uh, for you guys, uh, those who don't know, I wrote already, uh, there's a, 
I wrote four books, but I'm going to talk to you about the three ones that you can get in paperback. So if you don't know already, I wrote Lead Like a Superhero, What Pop Culture Icons Can Teach Us About Impactful Leadership. That, that was my second book. And then I wrote The Law of Attraction. Is it for Christians? Uncovering Kingdom Secrets Behind the Secret. In that book, I really decided to delve deep and analyze from a scriptural perspective the law of attraction and see if there was any validity behind it because I heard and saw so many things uh, in, in my life about it. And I was, I was becoming curious instead of cynical. See, in the beginning, I was cynical when I heard about the law of attraction and the secret and all that. I was very, very cynical. But then as I studied it and, and, and started delving in, I saw there were some scriptural principles being applied there. And I wanted to dig in deeper to see uh, how that worked. How does it operate? And as Gary Cassie would say, I, I made myself into a spiritual scientist. I wanted to figure this out. Is there validity behind that? And that's why I wrote that little short book. And my latest book, uh, for those who don't know, Five Reasons God Wants You to Prosper. So in that book, I basically teach uh, the reader to have the proper mindset when it comes to money. In other words, to align your thoughts with God's thoughts when it comes to your prosperity, your money, your success. Because oftentimes, Christians, we have a very, very twisted view of God, a very twisted view of money. And we basically equate uh, having money with, uh, uh, you know, uh, that being the root of all evil. We equate money with the root of all evil. Therefore, we develop a poverty mindset. And, and, and we, God can't do much when we have a poverty mindset as to our prosperity. You will not attract prosperity with a poverty mindset. So the book, the main goal of the book was to break off that poverty mindset and enable believers to develop a mindset in which they will agree with heaven, agree with God when it comes to their prosperity and therefore get breakthrough. So that's why I wrote that book. And the next book I'm writing, like I said, uh, is going to be over 300 pages. It's going to be a whopper. It's going to be a very powerful, life-changing book. And it's about the kingdom of God. And it's going to be huge and it's going to be fantastic. And hopefully in the spring, I'll be able to share the good news that it's out. Uh, I'm working really, really hard every day for that to that to that end so that's it for tonight i hope this has blessed you if it has make sure you 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 share that this broadcast with your peeps with your friends with your family uh make sure you share it that's the best way you can thank me and uh in the meantime well i just want to say we're continuing this wednesday liz and i will be on uh, at 7 30 eastern standard time we will continue our kingdom leadership series so far it's been fantastic uh, so we will continue that series this Wednesday. God bless you, uh, and may he make you a blessing. Be blessed and thrive on, and I'll see you Wednesday. All right.